the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the London Free Press Podcast. Very grateful that you are here joining us once again. Don't forget, we do this every single Thursday new episode because there is always so much going on in the city. I'm your host, Lindsay Barnett. And speaking of so much going on in the city, whether you are invested in city council or not, um, if you have a Twitter account, perhaps you were on Twitter the other night scrolling like I was, Twitter was buzzing. Uh, A lot of debate about the two empty council vacancies up for grabs right now, except not necessarily up for grabs, but we're going to get to that. I am joined once again by London Free Press City Council reporter Megan Stacey. Megan, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me back again. Thank you for joining once again. There's been a lot going on with City Hall, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join the show again. Um, We were chatting was it last week or two weeks ago about the council vacancies? It was two weeks ago. Um, There are two wards up for grabs or there was because council has now made some decisions. So first, can you just give us a quick recap of what happened at council? You bet. So it was a really feisty meeting and a couple of really tight votes. And so the decision that came out this week is that uh, John Feifmuller will be appointed to uh, fill that vacancy in Ward 13. So you've got one new city councillor coming aboard. He'll be sworn in in the coming days or take the oath of office. Uh, and you've still got one open ward. There was no decision made about Ward 6. Uh, that's where Phil Squire resigned. And so that's going to move to uh, a meeting, a special committee meeting, likely sometime in November. And what council uh, chose to do was sort of open open that up, put out a call for submissions. So any Londoner who's interested in filling that role, uh, it'd be about a year long term until uh, until next year, the end of the term in uh, in 2022. And if you're interested, you can write to council explaining why you're interested, why you'd be good for the role. And then city council at that point uh, will weigh up the submissions, weigh up the interested folks and fill the ward six vacancy uh, later. So very different decisions between those two wards. Feisty was a really good word. I know Councillor Elizabeth Peloza uh, was a little hot, for lack of a better term, um, during this meeting, saying one process is fine for one ward, but not fine for the other. Really interesting. How did things kind of transpire? Because again, Feisty, very good word to explain how things went. I find it so bizarre. And I don't live in Ward 13 or Ward 6. So I don't know how these people are feeling who live in these wards about what transpired. But how did that decision happen. Now, I understand that uh, John Fife Millar lost to Ariel Cuyabaga by peanuts, essentially. It it wasn't that many votes. Um, Whereas Ward 6, I believe there was a bit more of a gap. But I do find it a little perplexing that a decision was made that was totally different for the two wards. I hear you. I think a lot of people... Uh, feel the same as you, Lindsay. And, um, you know, lots of people are really happy with that decision in Ward 13, some not so much. But really on both sides of that camp, you've got people saying, okay, why why was the same process not followed for Ward 6? 
So you hit the nail on the head, I think, for some of the counselors, Lindsay, they're saying these were different wards. The 2018 election was very different in these two wards. You know, there wasn't even really a ranked ballot in Ward 6 because there was only two uh, candidates. Mike Bloxham tried to challenge Phil Squire, but he finished well back compared to, you know, multiple rounds, many, many rounds in Ward 13. And that really tight finish there between Ariel Kaibaga uh, and John Pipemuller. So, um, you know, that was an explanation provided, but really at the end of the day, what you're left with is a super inconsistent decision, right? You've got a really tight vote. There was also a motion this week to refer both of these vacancies to a later meeting to deal with them the same way to open up to that public call. And it was that same 7-6 um, split uh, it, that motion failed. It was a 6-7 vote. And so that same group of counselors, um, you know, who wanted an appointment said, no way, we're going to go ahead with John Fife Miller here. So I think you're right. You know, there's kind of two ways to look at this. Right. You can look at it the way that Councillor Peloza or Councillor uh, Hopkins, a couple of others last night who really argue what happened is fundamentally wrong. Anna Hopkins even said that on Tuesday night. She said the way we're going about this is fundamentally wrong. You should not have, you know, one name that comes up and gets the job without any discussion, uh, you know, without laying out that process of how you're gonna fill not just one, but two vacancies. And you should follow the same process um, for both, right? Uh, or you can look at it, you know, the way that seven members, the majority of council did last night and, and say that the second place finisher in, in a ward um, is not an unreasonable candidate to fill in for the next year. Um, you know, when you've got this vacant seat, uh, a wide open seat in a very crucial ward in London, we all know that uh, Ward 13, you know, includes the downtown core and there's a lot of issues there and a lot of people looking for representation. And, you know, you can't, I, I don't think we can really argue that that's a completely bananas move because a lot of communities across the province do that. Either they have a policy that says, you know, the runner up um, will take over in the case of a vacancy, you know, um, somebody resigns, there's a death, uh, and some communities have policies that say the runner-up will take that job if you meet these criteria, right? It was a close enough race, um, you know, other little parameters like that. And so it's not that that is completely out of the realm of possibility, but I think what you're hearing a lot of people say is, if that's your take, that the runner-up should fill in, you should, do, you should have done it in both wards, you should have treated them the same, and what the heck happened in Ward 6, right? Mike Bloxham was there. Okay, it was a little bit different of a race. It wasn't quite as tight. But if that's the rationale, if that works, if that makes sense, why are you doing it in one spot and not the other? And that's really what came out of last night. You know, a, a pretty nasty debate and a really inconsistent decision. What was the, the rationale from some of the councillors, though? Because from my understanding, the mayor was the only one who voted to appoint Mike Bloxham in Ward 6. So the votes were very drastic when discussing Ward 6 versus Ward 13. Did the councillors who voted not to appoint Mike, Block, Mike Bloxham have anything to say about that? Because I do find it, this is peculiar. Like, And I think a lot of eyebrows were raised. And I know I'm not the only one who was watching this unfold and thinking, what in the heck is going on? I will say at least the mayor was consistent. What happened with the other councillors? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. So a couple of other things that were raised, we talked about how the races were different, right? There was a much larger gap between those two candidates in Ward 6 compared to Ward 13. Um, but, you know, a lot of councillors also just challenged that idea that you do need to fill both these vacancies the same way. And I uh, did speak to a political expert who said the same thing. You know, you don't always have to do everything the same way and we can be fine just to fill these different ways. Um, so that, that's that's a take that's out there. Uh, you there was also some argument, um, you know, that there had been a lot more time to consider Ward 13. Uh, you know, Councillor Kayabaga, um, now MP uh, Kayabaga, made her her decisions known months ago. So there's been a lot of time. You know, if councillors were taking that time to follow up with Ward 13 residents to ask what they would like to consider what they think is the best move there. You know, compared to Ward 6, where that vacancy was very sudden. Uh, I think almost everybody I've, I've spoken to was pretty shocked by Phil Squire's sudden resignation. He's leaving for another job that uh, makes him ineligible to serve as a city councillor. So, uh, you know, there was some argument there. I think that the, the timelines were different and that maybe we just need a little bit of time to think about Ward 6, you know, to hear from folks who might like to serve or to talk to residents there. I didn't hear, though, Linz, a lot of other arguments about um, why are we going such a different way uh, for those two wards? I will say kind of the way the debate unfolded, there was a lot of heat, a lot of conversation, um, you know, about how you deal with Ward 13 and, uh, and about that initial bid to refer both of these ward vacancies to a later meeting to deal with them the same way. And after that, when you really got down to the vote, you know, okay, let's appoint John Pivelar and then what do we do with Ward 6? Uh, it was kind of like you're on the downswell, right? I think people were pretty tired. So uh, I would expect you will get another um, really interesting and feisty debate uh, when we have this, this next committee meeting uh, where council will be weighing up some of the submissions from the public. And you may even see, um, uh, you know, another debate there about that idea of consistency, that idea of appointments and what's fit what's fair and reasonable, Mike Bloxham could still be appointed in Ward 6. Um, you know, he's written to council to say that those, these positions should have been filled the same way. And he believes that anyone who's filling in shouldn't be able to run again in 2022. So I suppose it's in the realm of possibility that he actually turns down an appointment, you know, things could get really wild here. But, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot more debate to be had, at least about how you fill uh, Squire's Ward and, and that empty Ward seat in Ward 6. We also have to talk about the interest in Ward 13, which is downtown. So there's been a lot of names thrown out, a lot of people kind of raising their hands saying, hey, I'm interested. Uh, former Councillor Nancy Branscombe and Bud Polhill had asked council to consider them. Um, outgoing Kevin Garden Market Manager Bob Usher, um, gym owner Tommy Caldwell, Ward 13 resident Lincoln McArdle. Are we seeing the same interest in Ward 6? Short answer, yes. Maybe not quite as much. So Nancy Branscombe, she's a former councillor in Ward 6, and she's at, that's actually where she um, wants to take over. So she's asked council specifically to consider her for her old post. You know, she won't run again. She just wants to, I think she called it her civic duty, right? She feels that responsibility. She'd like to step in for, for the next year or so. Um, Bud Pole Hill, he's a former Ward 1 councillor, uh, but he actually didn't make any comment about which ward he wanted to represent. I, I think his email actually says he'd like to be considered for one of the vacancies. So uh, it's possible. I, I would expect he would submit again for Ward 6. Um, and there's a couple of other folks as well. Marie Blosh there. Uh, she ran in Ward 6 previously, and she's asked council to consider her um, in that uh, for that empty uh, seat as well. And of course, I expect now that council has, you know, 
essentially put out this call to the public who wants to serve, you're going to see a lot of submissions. Quite a number of people, I think, will step forward. I could be wrong, but, you know, even uh, Ward 13 is often really popular, right? You see a lot of names there. You mentioned some of the other folks who, uh, who obviously won't be given that opportunity, but uh, there's the potential to have quite a few names at this next meeting, whenever this special meeting is set, to weigh up, you know, who's going to represent Ward 6 for the next year in a bit. Obviously, you don't have a crystal ball, so this might be a bit of an unfair question, but I love to speculate, especially with City Hall. Do you think with regards to Ward 6, we'll see some fresh blood or do you think it'll be a name that we've been talking about already on the show? It's a really good question, Lindsay. I mean, after seeing how things went this week, I suspect that you're going to see council come together around the idea of what they called in a previous meeting, you know, a steady hand, somebody who's done this job before, possibly a former politician, uh, you know, who can step in there without needing weeks or months to kind of figure out that learning curve, because it is, it is um, an interesting job and a difficult job, uh, you know, I think as we can all appreciate. So that's what I think is going to happen, but I don't know. And definitely this week sort of changes the, um, changes kind of the underlying pulse, I think, right? I think he, he, counselors are going to have to answer for the fact that these two words were handled completely different, differently, um, you know, take one approach in one and take a completely different approach in Ward 6. So it's really going to be interesting. You know, what, what do they get back? How many people are interested? How do you go about making that decision? You've got 45 names or, you know, even 12 names. What are you doing to narrow down that pool? How do you get to the shortlist? Um, so it's going to be really interesting. And I think that's where you might see a recognizable name. Uh, you know, somebody who's been in the role, who's demonstrated possibly some some leadership abilities in the past um, where you might begin to see what is a very divided council come together uh, around you know a singular name or at least a short list but it's going to be really interesting and I think to a degree it might depend who else uh, applies or um, you know sends in their interest and if you've got some you know some new names some fresh blood as you say it, it could very well be that council you know, hashes that out and, and, um, and you get another really narrow vote, um, you know, over somebody like that. So we talked a, a little bit as well about how does this change the shape of council, right? Last night, you could have really seen sort of the balance of power, so to speak, um, you know, con stay consistent. You could have had almost a status quo decision if, if you get uh, John Fife Millar in Ward uh, 13 and Mike Bloxman Ward 6. I think it's fair to say that they're um, sort of on, on different ends of the political spectrum, but you didn't. So, you know, there's potential now to see really a shift change if you get, um, you know, a, a small C conservative candidate uh, in Ward 6. Um, you that could be a really big difference for this council that's very divided. And, uh, and even if you see, um, you know, a, a quote unquote more progressive name there, uh, it's still gonna be a whole bunch of battles over the next year because uh, you're gonna see all kinds of tight votes like the one we saw this week. Absolutely. And I know based on some of the comments that I had read online and some of the tweets just from Londoners, uh, some people were really happy um, that they're not going back to the polls. We had talked two weeks ago about all of the elections with just having the federal election. Next year, we've got municipal and provincial and then potentially these wards facing a by-election, which can get a little sticky, especially in the time of the pandemic. That being said, there definitely feels like a, a tumultuous happening with this council right now. And uh, I don't know, grab the popcorn, I guess. I hope things kind of calm down a bit, but I suspect that they are not going to. So until next year's municipal election, I think 
there's going to be some fireworks going off for Londoners watching this. I just hope the council can still get some stuff done. I know the year leading into the election uh, is pretty status quo, but it's going to be interesting to see, Meg. Um, I really appreciate your time and your insight as always. It's been wonderful. And I look forward to chatting again after we find out what's going to happen with Ward 6. So uh, thank you once again for joining the show today. Fireworks is right. I'm sure we'll be back chatting about it. It's going to be a really, really fun year. I absolutely have no doubt we will be talking soon. Uh, as I mentioned at the start of the show, we will be back again next Thursday with another edition of the LF Press podcast. We are streaming all the time, whatever your preference is, Apple, Google, Stitcher, YouTube, of course, over at lfpress.com. If you want to watch us, that sounds a little creepier than I intended it to, um, but we are living on lfpress.com as well. So thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back again next week. Until then, stay well. Stay well.